Jesus gave us some promises to claim. Whether you are, whether you are encouraged or discouraged, these promises are promises that we should claim all the time. But especially in times of difficulty, Psalm 56.3, David writes, When I am afraid, I will trust in you. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. This psalm was written by David? King David. What does the Bible say about David? David was a man after the very heart of God. And yet David experienced discouragement and fear. Yes, you see what I'm saying? Discouragement is not sin. It's the temptation to fall into sin. And David said, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. He goes on to write to us in Psalm 34, verses 17 through 19, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've been brokenhearted. Your spirit has been crushed and he has been there to lift you up. One who is righteous has many adversities, but the Lord rescues him from them all. And Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may be displayed in our body. Powerful words, powerful encouragement for discouraging times. The choice of whether discouragement is going to take you down the path of sin and walking away is on you. Billy Graham said this, in, in the, the Christian life is not a constant high. I have moments of deep discouragement. I have to go to God in prayer with tears in my eyes and say, oh God, help me. That was Billy Graham. Billy Graham. So what is it that causes, what are, what are some of the, 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 the big picture items in our lives that cause discouragement in the life of a Christian? Well, I think one of them, quite honestly, is fatigue. Being simply flat out worn out, right? Being flat out worn out. Especially nowadays, man. I mean, you've got to hustle, Right? You gotta hustle to make a living right now. You gotta hustle to get things done. And it's you're you're doing so much more just to do the same things now because there's so many extra steps, right? I mean, there's so many, I, even going to the grocery store. My goodness, I love talking about the grocery store because that's where I that's where I get my fix, right? But <laughs> at the grocery store, I never used to have to feel like a kindergartner. Did you know? I had the gall to get in line before I was given permission and got yelled at. No, 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 sir. The line starts back there. Ooh, I'm sorry. I just got called out in front of all of East Long Meadow in the big Y. <laughs> I apologize. I didn't know that over in the produce aisle, the line starts to be given permission to go up and get into the checkout line. Sorry about that. I avoid that now by going to the self-checkout. There's so many more steps. And, and we've talked about this one before, right? 
I get halfway down an aisle and look down and oops, the arrow is facing the other way. Oh my goodness. What in the world? You know what I do? I'm not lying, Melvin, when I say this. You know what I do? I turn the cart around and walk backwards. I am dead serious, man. I turn the cart around and walk backwards. That's exactly what I do. I'm like, listen, I didn't come, I didn't come to the grocery store to get my steps in. I'm getting ready to go down the cookie aisle for crying out loud. Okay? <laughs> Seriously, man. There is so much more to life right now. Just the basics. Aaron is, Aaron is on a Little House in the Prairie kick. Right? I remember growing up, my, my high school years, Little House in the Prairie was a Monday night, it, Monday night in, in the Chase house. Eight o'clock Monday night was Little House in the Prairie night. My mother would not, I, my mom was the meekest person in the world, most loving woman in the world. But boy, if you tried to change that channel on Monday night at eight o'clock to anything other than Little House in the Prairie, you would draw back a nub. <laughs> telling you, man, she'd gnaw off your hand. Don't you touch that channel. I need my Laura Ingalls. Tell you what, man, Erin is on that kick right now. She goes on DVR is the worst invention for the chases ever. Because Erin gets up in the morning and she goes to the Up T, is it Up TV channel? Channel 817. <laughs> channel 817 on the charter. And she goes to the little house in the prairie and records everyone and she watches them in her downtime, when she's got a break from school, she can see her sitting down watching Little House in the Prairie. That's cool because my sons are watching good wholesome TV, they're not watching garbage, but, but I say that to say this. Nowadays, it kind of seems like we're back in those times, doesn't it? You have to go through so many different, and it's really not because it's so much different, but, but even, I mean, here's how, much, here's how much influence it's had on us. We were going to the baseball game yesterday. We're getting ready to go to, to the game, and I'm taking the boys in the truck, and Michael says, Dad, how long would it take us if we didn't have a truck? <laughs> if we had to walk, if we had to ride a horse, <laughs> like, you've been watching too much Little House on the Prairie, but... Fatigue sets in nowadays because there's so much more that goes into living life. You know that you have to be at certain places at certain times. How many of you have forgot and you have to backtrack because you get out to go to an appointment and you get to the door and as you get to open the door, you see a horde of people coming out with masks on and you realize, uh-oh, <laughs> I forgot mine. And you have to turn around and walk back to the car. There's so much more to life. We have to be careful, folks. We're wearing ourselves down. And fatigue, whether you're a Christian or a non-unbeliever, fatigue is one of the things that will wear you down and bring you to the point of discouragement. <clears throat> Get your rest and take care of yourself. You may not be in the best, you may not be a, a person that can run a marathon, but you have health and you need to take care of it as a Christian. What's another reason, uh, another uh, cause of discouragement? Frustration or rejection? Frustration or rejection? And some of us are just getting frustrated lately because there's not enough day for all the work we need to do. 
And because everything is cut down so much, or because maybe, maybe you're the one that uh, is, is staying at home with the kids, or, or you're uh, the one that is going off to work, it doesn't matter. Because work low, work, uh, because uh, the, the number of workers has been cut down, you're having to do more work than you did before. And if your husband or wife is having to do more work than they did before at the job, that means that you're now having to do more work at home and with the kids. And it's frustrating, not with, not with your spouse, but it's frustrating in life because your whole routine has been upset. Or you're feeling rejection. And what you think was something that was positive and powerful never came to pass or other people don't think it's such a great idea. I remember... Um, I remember years ago, maybe 25 years ago, I guess, I can't remember exactly when, there was a restaurant right at the end of the Longmeadow exit off of Enfield uh, to get to Route 5 in Longmeadow, coming north. And right off that, before it used to be the Harley Hotel, then I think it was Holiday Inn, now it was Mass Mutual is down there. There's a restaurant right on the corner, and it's changed ownerships many times. I think at one time it was a Friendly's. It was a guy with a great idea. He thought it was the greatest idea in the world. He opened up a restaurant. He thought it was going to be a huge success. No lie. This is actually absolutely the truth. He thought it was going to be a huge success. The star, the star item on his menu was horse meat. No lie. He opened up a restaurant. It was advertised. It was in the reminder. It was in, I think it was in the, the uh, Springfield was it the Republican back there? Yeah. Uh, or Union News, one or the other? And his, his restaurant, he was serving horse meat. And that was it. It's European. Well, it failed. <laughs> he thought he had a great idea, but nobody else did. Many times that's like us, and we, we, have, we get rejected, and we don't think that anybody else is on our side. And it causes us to be discouraged. Failure and loss of confidence is another one. We fail at things in our life. And because we fail, we lose our confidence. And it causes us to become discouraged. And the fourth one is fear. I think fear is behind more discouragement than we'd like to admit, isn't it? Fear of criticism. What will people think of me? Fear of responsibility. I hear this a lot, counseling young couples who are getting ready to get married or couples who are getting ready to have a child. And Aaron and I talked about this a lot when we got ready to adopt Gabriel and Michael. What if we can't handle this? When you go through MAP training for foster care and, and adoption, that's one of the things they say. What if, what if there's not compatibility there? And what if... What if it's more than you can handle? And they tell you to be brutally honest. I remember, Risa, they say, be brutally honest about what you can and can't handle and what you can and can't take in. Because the last thing you want to do is have a child who's been rejected be rejected again because you didn't be, you weren't honest about what you knew you could handle. And Aaron and I had to have conversations about that. What can we handle? They're kids with severe special needs. They were out of our they were, they were out of our realm of, of taking in because we didn't have the capacity. Our house wasn't set up for it. All of our, if we took, a, took in a child in a wheelchair, all of our bedrooms are on the second floor. 
we couldn't take a child in with a wheelchair. And because we were both working, there were things that we could not do. That fear of not being able to handle things that everybody else can, can bring about discouragement, fear of failure. These are situations and issues in life that I believe we need to be prepared for. Even as Christians, listen, remember, the Christian life is not the primrose path of lollipops and lemonade. There's not balloons saying, welcome home every day. The Christian life is filled with pitfalls and struggles and opportunities to become discouraged. It's difficult. It's tough. There's two facts that I think we need to know and accept about discouragement. Things that I can tell you from experience about discouragement. that I think we need to know and accept and, and, and make part of our spiritual DNA as we face struggles in life. The first one is this. Discouragement is survivable. Discouragement is survivable. John Burroughs said, a man can get discouraged many times, but he's not a failure until he begins to blame somebody else and stops trying. Man, you can get discouraged. Things can... <sighs> You've all had those weeks, haven't you? Where one thing after another, after another, after another happens. And it's just... You, you just want to, you, those of you who can, you want to pull out your hair and say, how much more can I take? I just can't do this anymore. Man, discouragement is survivable. You're not a failure until you begin to blame others and stop trying. C.S. Lewis, I, th I love this, I love this quote. C.S. Lewis said this, Getting over a painful experience is much like crossing monkey bars. You have to let go at some point in order to move forward. Temptation to quit, to walk away, to break fellowship, or to make any other decision that is contrary to a successful walk with Jesus is real when we're discouraged, but there is a path to victory, a path out of the valley, a path to a brighter day. Can I tell you? What, what got me through, what got me that first step of the way on the path when I went through my dark valley of discouragement was looking up and seeing the fact and knowing the fact that Jesus still loved me. That yes, I was a broken person now just like I was before and that he still wanted to use me. Discouragement is survivable. How do we survive it? The first thing we've got to do is this. We must remember our source. We must remember our source. Christian, if your source is your political party, you're wrong. If your source is your bank account, you're wrong. If your source is the happiness and pleasure you derive from being married or from being a parent, you're wrong. Your source as a follower of Jesus must be God Almighty. He is the source. The Bible tells us that. James, in James, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there is no varying. <clears throat> Remember your source. David says in Psalm 55, 22, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. 
If you will cast your burden on him, he will carry it for you. You will not bend under the load. He'll carry for and he'll even carry you if need be. There are times in my life during that dark time where I don't know how. Have you ever been driving on a highway and you kind of zoned out if you've taken a long drive? I hate to admit it, but it's true. And I look up and I'm at mile marker 273, but the last one I remember was 241. Like, how did I get, how did I get here from there? And that's the way I feel sometimes. That's the way I felt sometimes during that time. That I had no idea how I got to this point. I have no idea how I got to the happiness I have in my life now. From the deep darkness that I experienced. Except for this. I looked up and remembered my source. And he carried me through. In the times when I couldn't breathe, in the times when I couldn't walk, in the times that I could not sing because I didn't have a song, he gave me one. I remembered my source. Isaiah 42, 16 says, I will lead the blind. Man, doesn't this sound like us? I will lead the blind by a way they did not know. I will guide them on the paths they have not known. I will turn darkness to light in front of them and rough places into level ground. This is what I will do for them, and I will not abandon them. And those are powerful words if you'll appropriate them to your life, if you'll realize what your source is and trust him as your source. Second thing we must do is count our blessings. Count your blessings. Remember the old hymn? Those of us who grew up in church grew up on it. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God is. When upon life's billows, you are tempest-tossed. When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Count your blessings, man. Count your blessings. I still remember that. That's a song I learned when I was like four years old. Right? Count your blessings. We live in a country. Do you realize? We live in a country where if you go to the grocery store and you don't like brown rice, you can buy white rice. Where if you're not in the mood for pork, you can get chicken. You can get beef. You can stand in line and have them cook a lobster for you. We support a missionary named Craig Alsop. How many remember Craig? Craig Alsop, missionary to, uh, he works with Manna, missionary to Asia. Manna, the way they, the way they they're, they're, the core of their ministry is to go to impoverished nations and start feeding centers. And they work in the local communities and start feeding centers. And generally, sometimes they've, ex they've expanded some now, but when they first started, they would generally provide two meals a day for children in the community in those villages that parents would allow come there. Two meals a day, not three, and a snack, like the Nutrisystem diet. Two meals a day. And you know what those two meals, both meal one and meal two, consisted of? Boiled chicken and boiled rice. And parents pushed their kids and children flocked to it because they were being fed. Two meals a day, boiled chicken, boiled rice. Need I say more about how blessed we are 
in this country? You can badmouth America all you want. You can think America is going to bleep in a handbasket if you want. You can bemoan everything you want, but I'll guarantee you, you're not going to go home and starve right now. For crying out loud, if you don't have any food in your house, there's a pantry right back there that's filled with extras from the people of this church just for situations like that. And can I be honest with you? That pantry hasn't been touched in weeks, if not months, because God provides for his children. We have to take that food, and I don't say we have to, we end up taking that food and giving it to shelters because God is blessing his children. Count your blessings, not what you want to be your blessings, what are your blessings? Psalm 142 verses, 147, verses 2 through 7. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. He gathers Israel's excise, exiled peoples. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He gives, them, he gives names to all of them. Our Lord is great, vast in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord helps the oppressed but brings the wicked to the ground. Since the Lord, uh, sing to the Lord with thanksgiving, play the lyre to our God. The third thing you must do is this, you must remember your calling. Remember your calling, Christian. I don't care if it's COVID-19 pandemic or not, you will have a calling on your life from God. Remember your calling. You want to avoid discouragement? You want to survive discouragement? Remember your calling. Galatians chapter six, verses nine through 10. Let us not get tired of doing good, for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially those who belong to the household of faith. Can I be honest with you? Can I be honest with you as your pastor? You're watching us on Facebook. If you're here in the auditorium, I said the same thing to the first crowd at the 9 o'clock service. Our president-elect gave a speech last night, and I listened to him. He said he wants to be a president for all the people. He said he wants to help everybody. He said he wants to bring America together. Now you can think that's a joke or not. I happen to take a man at his word. And you can be skeptical. You can decide to do whatever you want with it. But I've always been taught, and the Bible teaches me, that when somebody hands out an olive branch, I need to reach out and take it and not be so stinking stubborn that I'm not even going to try. That's a, can I just, let me get out from behind this and be political for a second. You want to know why we're so messed up in this country right now? Because everybody's stuck on their own thing. Everybody, everybody wants everything. We're a bunch of crybabies who want everything our way. I am so sick and tired of hearing people cry. I want my rights. I want, what can you not do in this country? Seriously. Do you realize people die trying to cross an ocean to get here? People live, people live in anonymity and in the shadows. They live in the shadows, right Melvin? They live in the shadows illegally in this country, in this city, in this region. They live illegally in the shadows because it's better to live here illegally in the shadows than it is to live where they came from where they have to worry about getting their throat cut over a bowl of rice. Let's grow up, America, and let's realize it's time that we start working together whether we agree or not. So I don't know 
you. And there is a point where I won't go get, don't, under, don't misunderstand me. But I'm going to try my dead level best to be agreeable with people. And if I have to disagree, to disagree without being disagreeable. Because more, more people voted for him in this country than against him. And I spent four years of my adult life and a whole bunch of my childhood growing up on Navy bases, living for the principle that this country is about following the rule of law. We have a, we have, man, I can't believe I'm, I'm I never do this, I'm sorry. We have a legally elected man and woman that are getting ready to take office. We as Christians better back them. I'm not saying agree with everything they do, but we better give them the same support that we gave the man who is going out of the office. That means prayer, and that means giving them the opportunity. Okay, let's get back to the message. Sorry about that. When it all comes down to this, we need to see discouragement for what it truly is for us as followers of Jesus. When it all comes down to it, I believe we need to see discouragement as what it is as followers of Jesus. Discouragement is an opportunity. Discouragement is an opportunity. B.C. Forbes, he founded Forbes magazine, one of the most successful businessmen in the history of America, said history has demonstrated that the most notable winners usually encountered heartbreaking obstacles before they triumphed. They won because they refused to become discouraged by their defeats. And I told my sister Donna, she put this on Facebook this week, and I told, I wrote on there, I said, Donna, I'm going to use that quote in a sermon. I found it, and I'm using it because it applies perfectly here, Donna. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Rich Wilkerson Jr. said that. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. God is not done with you. Just because things haven't worked out with you, for you, doesn't mean God's done. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. If you're living and breathing, God has a living and breathing opportunity for you to do something for him. It's an opportunity for personal growth. An opportunity for personal spiritual growth. Hebrews 12, 12 through 14. Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but healed instead. Pursue peace with everyone. Look, I'm not just giving my opinion. That's what the Bible says. Pursue peace with everyone and holiness. Without it, no one will see the Lord. How, is it, how does it help us grow personally? It sends us to our Bible. It directs us to prayer. It teaches us, here we go, Christian. It teaches us to lean on and trust other believers. Christian, those of you watching us on Facebook, let me tell you something. You need to learn to lean on other Christians. And those of you who are watching us on Facebook and won't come to church, let me tell you something. You need to get off your blessed assurance and get to church. You need church. You need to have some encouragers in your life. We have become, many Christians have become comfortable. It's no longer just an option. It has now become 
the favored way for many people to go to church. And you think you're doing your church duty, whatever that is, by sitting on your couch with your latte and watching church in your pajamas, but you're not. The Bible says, come together and worship. And I know it's scary. I know it's difficult for, for many people. And I know many of you can't because of health reasons. That's a different story. But you need to understand, and we all, even if you're here today, you need to understand, you need encouragers in your life. That's what this is about. Gentlemen, you need to be part of the men's ministry. Or at least connected to other men in this church. We don't do it just so we can have a fan club. We don't do it just to keep Mike uh, busy. We have a men's ministry so men can be connected to men. Talk to a wife whose husband has been involved in the men's ministry, and I'll guarantee you she'll tell you it's been good for that man. Why? Because men can encourage men. Oh, I can encourage my husband. Ma'am, I love you to death. I think you're wonderful. Your husband probably thinks you walk on water. But there's something about a relationship between men that is necessary and needful. There are things a man will talk to a man about and be honest with a man about that he will not be honest with his wife about. I'm sorry to break your heart, but that's just true. Because you know what? It's the same way with you with a woman. And ladies, stop making excuses and stop trying to build your own stinking Bible study and get involved in what we have here. You're in, you're in a church for a reason, for crying out loud. Be part of it. Grow the bleep up. And that word was going to be stink, not anything else. <laughs> oh, but Pastor John, COVID, COVID, COVID. I'm so tired of hearing that. You can serve God in the middle of a pandemic. You can be connected to your church in the middle of a pandemic. Jesus didn't disappear because COVID arrived. Stop hiding. Start serving. Get on top of things. Luke 10, 1, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them ahead individually so they could go and get eaten up by the lions out there, right? No. When Jesus sent out the 70, what did he do? He sent out 35 pairs. He sent out Christians two by two to minister. Jesus knows that we're not designed to do ministry alone. He knows we're not designed to do it all by ourselves. He has created community in the local church for us to get together and for us to serve together. That's what a church is supposed to do. It's also an opportunity for, for us to express our faith. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 10. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. We bear the marks of Jesus. We carry Jesus around. The death of Jesus, that's the salvation we've been given. We carry our faith around with us so that we can show the life that it has given us to others. In the darkness, there is still a great light if that great light will shine. We are the light in the great darkness, Christian. It's time to start shining. 
It's time to throw off the black robes of discouragement and start walking the path that Jesus has called you to that will lead you, yes, maybe through the valley of the shadow of death, but eventually out of it and not give in to discouragement to the point where we're sinning and falling away, but we're standing strong and following him. <clears throat> and lastly, it's an opportunity for us to deepen our dependence on God. Discouragement is an opportunity to deepen our dependence on God. T.D. Jakes, great, great African-American pastor from down in Texas, said, faith must always pass the test of discouragement. Faith must always pass the test of discouragement. Faith challenges us to deepen our dependence on God. Let me bring this back to the beginning. I'll tell you what. I didn't know how I was going to get through that time. Just like you or you watching online. Don't know how you're going to get through that time or this time. Whatever it is you're going through. Because it's oppressive. Because it's crushing. Because you literally feel sometimes that you can't catch your breath. But there's a way. Isaiah 41 verses 10 through 13 says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be afraid for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Be sure that all who are enraged against you will be ashamed and disgraced. Those who contend with you will become as nothing and will perish. You will look for those who contend with you, but you will not find them. Those who war against you will become absolutely nothing. For I am the Lord your God who holds your right hand, who says to you, do not fear. I will help you. <laughs> Can I tell you what I did? With my limited technological skills. Now, if I'm still limited in, in the year 2020, <clears throat> go back to 2010, <laughs> 10 years earlier. And I didn't even know how to copy and paste at that time. Okay? They, they teach kindergartners how to do that now. I didn't even know how to copy and paste. So I got onto my computer and I typed these verses up. And I printed out two copies. And I took the first copy and I taped it to my computer screen. And I took the second copy and I taped it to my refrigerator. I figured my work time is, much of it is in front of the computer. And well, I make several trips to the refrigerator every day. And I read these verses every day, whether I wanted to or not. And I kid you not, there were days where I got up and I saw that paper on the refrigerator and I said, I don't want to read that. And I made myself read it. I made, Mom, I made myself read it. And eventually it wasn't so hard to read it anymore. Eventually I read it with joy. Because the promises of this scripture were coming true. And the power of God was growing inside of me 
and the joy of the Lord was building back up inside of me and faithful friends were loving on me. And then God brought somebody very special into my life. And the darkness turned to light. Folks, discouragement is survivable. It's all in what you do with it. Do you see it as a weight or you see it as an opportunity? It's all in the view you choose to take. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being in your house today. Lord, I thank you for the worship. Boy, I know the worship team isn't here anymore, God, but boy, did they do a great job today. Lord, I thank you for your word and for the truth of it. And Lord, sometimes even when it's, I think especially, Lord, when it's so difficult to hear. And I know this is a tough message for many people to hear. It's a tough message for me to hear. It's a tough message for me to preach. But God, it's so true. And Lord, I know so many of our, of our family, so many of your children are discouraged and hurting right now. Not just because, Lord, not, I mean, the election is just one thing. God, this, this pandemic, this the way of life now is just crushing on people, God. But Lord, there is a way through the valley of darkness. God, I pray for my brothers and my sisters right now. At New Life, here in the auditorium, those watching us online, my brothers and sisters around this country and around the world. God, would you lift up the hands that hang down would you tilt their eyes upward towards heaven and allow them to see you even in the midst of great discouragement and realize that they can choose not to walk that path. They can choose not to allow it to take them deeper into darkness. Lord, as we go from this place, Father, we now have to go back out into a world that is filled with opportunities to be discouraged. But Lord, may we go with your shield before us, with your sword in our hands, with our body armed with your armor, going forward as soldiers, as worshipers, as emissaries for your kingdom. And may we live as light in the darkness. In your precious name we pray and ask all these things.